Jackson. Hey, Zach. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. I have coffee. It's a nice yeah, Saturday do. morning. Yeah, it is nice. It is. This is an unusual little twist from our usual evening podcast, but I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I got stuff to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're a big and important guy. <laughs> um, this has been an exciting week. We finally got that Joker scene that they've been teasing. Buddy. The deleted scene. So, how, how do you how do you feel about it? I feel great about it. I I can see I can see why they took it out. Mm-hmm. Um, because it kind of does just explain almost the entire movie in that conversation. Yeah. So I see why it was gone, but goddamn, is it a good scene? Yeah. So no, definitely I agree. Like the film fan in me is like, yeah, the, you cut this scene out because it's like it's sort of like you said, it kind of for good and bad like lays out what the discovery of the movie is going to be is that Batman is the Riddler that's why he has to change Mm -hmm. and Joker kind of lays that out in a really fucking like he just looks at that file for like two seconds and tells him everything um and it but it's also like the movie has all these parallels and all Mm -hmm. these like uh, moments of repetition so the idea that he's like talking to the Joker in that same uh setup that he's talking to the Riddler later Mm -hmm. is really good like I, so I understand, like, and it's kind of a cul-de-sac, and it would be very distracting if you saw that in the middle of the movie, or yeah. at the end of the first act, and you're like, what the fuck? There's just a Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. I love that that character, like, exists, and they oh, have yeah, this yeah. history. And this dynamic that they've never had in a movie before, where, like, they have a pre-existing past, and the Joker fucking understands Batman more than he understands himself. Yes. Um, but I love this performance. And I love this look, and I really wish that I had gotten to experience it like in the movie, like in the theater. But um, it's kind of set my mind on fire because it sort of had me reframe the like what we might be getting from Matt Reeves as far as these rogues gallery. Oh and, yeah. Like I'm looking at the Riddler now, and I'm looking at the Joker. And we're just get, we're getting these horror characters. Yeah. And Gotham City is just this like n- fucking nightmare place, uh, with all these freaks and monsters. And like Batman is one of them, but he's also surrounded by them in this like crazy fucking way. It's almost like it's like a Hellboy vibe, mm-hmm. where it's this monster fighting other monsters. Yeah. No, without a doubt. And I fucking I love that so much. And it's just a, it's a good monster. Yeah. Oh my god. This mouth when they like. Fr- focus on just his mouth laughing at the end of the scene oh yeah i'm like that's a that's horrific like that's a nightmare it's gonna haunt my dreams no yeah this joker <laughs> is somebody quoted quote tweeted and said well we know there's no harley in this universe because who the fuck's gonna fall in love with that i mean <laughs> but that's that couldn't uh. are we all saying that harley's that vain like she already fell in love with a like a monstrous exactly <laughs> like depending on like how you like your joker we're at the very minimum talking about a spree killer. Yep. Uh, rapist, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> like, Depends. Like, oh, no, if he's ugly, too? No one could love him. No one. <laughs> you should examine yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, it's... They had a couple... What was really interesting with these shots, too, is it still leaves uh, it all up for... Um, adjusting the character too Mm -hmm. because every scene that is like shows the joker is either out of focus yeah or there's something kind of blocking him Mm -hmm. or whatever but like they never have a full-on like this is 
clear shot of what Joker looks like. Yeah. Which I kind of loved. No, it's great. It adds just so much mystery to him. And there's this one shot where the camera's over Batman's like right shoulder, mm-hmm. and you can Joker's like out of focus, but you can just see like the smile well, scar. Yeah. And then like it's like just like the dark eyes and like it has that Joker look. Exactly. But it's just almost like the lighting's hitting him perfectly. And, yeah. And what's so interesting about that smile look is when you see him close, it, you see like just what it is. Like it's mm-hmm. just this bubbled, irritated skin that yeah. like when you see it clear and close doesn't even necessarily look like that's what it evokes until you see it further away. Yeah. And I love that. But I also just like he's got so many teeth. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of teeth. <laughs> um, and it really, it reminded me of like the work of uh, Lee Bermejo mm-hmm. uh, when he does Joker and like a little bit Brian Boland who drew Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. the way the mouth folds when it smiles. Uh, God, it's just so fucking cool. It is. And like that ha- like color green of his hair is so, in-, in the little bit that you see like dangling over his eye is so yeah. intense and interesting. Yeah. Um, God. It's good. It's it's what's great is we got. It's also the you could tell this was the acid falling in joke. Oh yeah, that's uh, his he origin. He is fucked up. Yeah, he got fucked up. <laughs> um, you could tell they probably have the same story of Batman was there and mm-hmm. they got into a kerfuffle and that's how he fell in. I did read. I read an interview with Matt Reeves before this where he's talking specifically about his smile and his mouth and, and about how that's like a congenital birth defect. Like he was born with that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's interesting that this is a character who had to, like, live his life with that deformity. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, how would that, what would that do to him? And it also made, if he's lived his whole life with this, like, permanent smile, uh, this is a great opportunity for a Joker who uses, like, the laughing gas yeah. to kill people and leave them with that. I kind of want that. Yeah. Oh, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be, I'd actually be really fucked up if that was what he, his serial killing uh, origin was like I. I desperately want to know what their first like encounter was. It's got to be something fucked up. Because there's a great line in this um, where Pattinson, um, where Pattinson slides him the photos, <laughs> and he's like, they have that whole thing where he's like, oh, it's a, it's a gift. It's our almost our anniversary. First anniversary is paper, like all that stuff. But then he's looking through it, and um, he's like, oh, you think I get off on this stuff? And Batman just goes, don't you? And I was just like. <laughs> What like what happened? <laughs> yeah, I want to know what it is. Um, have you ever read the book The Man Who Laughs? No, but I do know that's like it's a Joker origin story that's sort of like set in line with um, Year One. Like it w- mm. it's, should come after Year One, basically. Um, but there's this whole thing where Batman and the police are finding like storage units and like abandoned warehouses, and they're just filled with corpses. Oh shit! And they're um, like people, and they're like vagrants and like runaways, and it's like people the Joker is like abducted, and he's testing the laughing gas on. Mm. So it's like all different forms of like, like trial and error of him like poisoning people. I mean, it's fucked. It's gnarly. I mean, that's probably. I wouldn't be shocked if this world is does that. I would love to see something like that. I, I mean, I, you I know, feel like he mentioned the man who laughs like when he talked about his inspiration for this Joker. Maybe, yeah, I can't... Yeah. I feel like I I've read it somewhere. That's the, that's the thing with all... Um, all these quotes are just, like, coming out, like, rapid fire now. Because now the scene's been released, so I'm just seeing, like, quote after quote after quote about him talking about Joker. Yeah. But there's definitely... What they did a great job at is mm-hmm. they... The way those characters acted together, you could tell there is, like, legit history. Mm-hmm. Like, it is not pretty, 
It is fucked up and dark. It's very yeah, but it's very interesting because Pattinson's so calm when he's around him, and it oh, yeah. actually, I think where it would have helped the movie is like you see how Riddler really gets him riled, mm-hmm. like gets him emotional, um, and like he doesn't even get that way around the Joker. Like, yeah, he's still very controlled. So I think that would have been an interesting thing to have as like a, a character uh, juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Where, like you understand like what Riddler's doing to him, like what this case and what everything about his parents, like yeah. that it's like getting to him in that way. Cause you yeah. see him with the Joker and he's still very like cool, calm, collected. Like he is mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie. Also could just be like, beat him. He's an Arkham. I got him. Yeah. Type of thing where he just has that kind of immediate, he can't do anything. Yeah. So I like I my idea better. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, who knows? I, I do know that we don't even know if he's going to be in the next movie, which I also love. I love that he's just not like setting up like it's Joker. Like yeah. it's a deleted scene for a reason. Although if you notice, like he did release it to us, so he, he didn't did. want us to see it. And if you notice very specifically, Batman hands him the file with a paperclip on yep. it. And then he gets handed back without a paperclip on it, which is like rookie move, Batman. Yeah. But at the same time, like Reeves, like he's playing a game with us. Oh yeah. Like he's got plans. I kind of, I hope we see him as like kind of a return, a recurring character in that Arkham series. I yeah, that um, would be big. Yeah, just keep him in there and like you. Do, he's not a main character or anything, but you, he's just there. He's just a presence. In the asylum. Yeah. I mean, that would be a great way to build him up. Yeah, too. people are just like the people who work there. Are like I hate walking by this cell. <laughs> yeah, and it's I never. I still don't want to see a full reveal. I wanted like not even Arkham series to give me a full reveal of him. Like just build this. Yeah, up. just keep just keep him. Yeah. Like we know he's there. We don't. Yeah, just tease him a little bit more in the second one. Exactly. The third movie give me that. Just Arkham Asylum, Batman's like locked in there trying to quell a riot or an escape, and it's all the rogues. Yep. I mean, that could be what they're going for. That's, the, that's such a good way to do it. It's such a good way to like mitigate. You know, you always get to the third movie, and they're trying to make it like bigger, and it feels crazy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's Dark Knight Rises, and you're like, wait, there's a nuclear bomb. Yeah. And <laughs> like the city's been like shut off from the rest of the country. How long has it been? It's been, what, a year? <laughs> What? Batman went across the world, and then uh, that never that 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 never bothered me. I'm like, of course he got back. He's Batman. <laughs> so, no, I just mean like he went across the world in yeah, this adventure, to like do a, <laughs> a hole, and like had to climb out of a hole. Yeah, and, like I love, I do love that. Oh, the yeah, the chanting. I love. No, I just love the imagery of that of him climbing up out of that pit, and then like the bats exploding out of the thing as he gets to the top, and you're like, man, that's good. I love the use of the chant. It was like yeah. very generic, but like kind of got me all. I was getting all amped on it. So good. It was good. Um, Even the worst Nolan movie still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, like <laughs> exactly. There's a lot worse movies, uh, like you know, Morbius apparently. Which... <laughs> Let's see it first, Zach. Maybe they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. The people are like everything's a mess. Like the pacing doesn't make sense. The editing doesn't make sense. Visual effects is terrible. I really think the studio like didn't know what they wanted to do with it. And I think Marvel, like MCU Marvel, like Prime Marvel stepped in fairly recently and was like, no, this is not connected to it. Like, no, yeah. we got to take all this shit out. Yep. Michael Keaton's not in this. Yeah. Like, this, <laughs> you got to walk this back. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that movie got delayed how many times? Years, Years. but so did everything. Yeah, but like this one was for obvious reasons, I think. Yeah. They were like, can we save it? Can we save it? We can't save it. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. 
I don't know if I can't go to the theater and watch that. I cannot wait to see it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm more excited now than I was before. Because it's just, the reviews are just like, this is the worst thing. Yeah, because I was like, when they first announced that they were doing this, I was like, why? And then when I saw the first trailer, I was like, well, this looks like shit, right? And yeah. every every time that there was like a clip or something like that, I was like, this looks like a direct-to-video like, harm. Like, which is fine, but don't, you know... Don't pretend that it's the next Marvel Legend. Yeah, exactly. They kept every, they had this trailer where they would say like a new Marvel Legend emerges, and I would always laugh yeah. or snort. And my girlfriend got so irritated with me, and she was just like, "Why are you doing that?" I was like, "Look at this! <laughs> Look at what they're doing!" Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I can't. I oh god, I haven't even seen the Venom movies because oh, I just can't. They're really something. I just can't. At least they've got Tom Hardy. This yeah. is Sharon Leto. <laughs> well, it almost makes it worse because I'm like, you guys are just wasting Tom Hardy's potential with these movies. Uh, Tom Hardy's having so much fun, especially in that first one. It's He's so probably just it's so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, whatever, I'll just be this weird fucking dude and catch a check. <laughs> but yeah, that hurt my boy. Venom deserves better. Does he, though? Yeah, Venom's fun. <laughs> I think Venom sucks. He's fun. <laughs> I think these are exactly the movies Venom deserves. He, uh. <laughs> You, like, give him too much personality, and that's, I think, where Venom actually fails. Yeah. I think when he's animalistic and kind of barbaric and, like, a monster, like, that's where he thrives. I like in the second movie where he's at that nightclub and he's wearing, like, a necklace of glow sticks. See how I was like, that. this is great. <laughs> <laughs> and then he actually steps up to a microphone, and for a second I was like, oh, my God, he's going to rap. But he just, like, gives a speech about how he's sad right now, and he appreciates being surrounded by such nice people. <laughs> Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> Directed by Alfred. Uh, well, anyways, on that sad note. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be back to talk about Morbius after that comes out. <laughs> after I pull myself from a deep despair of depression of seeing that film. I mean, what are you going to be like? Oh, they hurt my favorite character, Morbius. No. No, that's fair. The living vampire. Although, I do have... The only, like, soft spot for Morbius I have is from the animated show. Mm -hmm. He'd pop in there, and anybody that was in that show, I'm like, oh, nostalgia. I liked, uh, when I was a kid, I would get excited because they would have the Midnight Sun comics. And it was, like, a team, and it was uh, Blade and Morbius and Ghost Rider. And That's cool. sort of, like, these Marvel monster characters. So I always liked that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, the, like, 70s sort of, like, Marvel monster history where there was, like, Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight and... See, Monster of Frankenstein and it, Tomb of Dracula. It just... It doesn't make any sense because, like, Morbius could actually be a fun character for, like, Blade to interact with. Well, I see Sony as, like, the real villains here because yeah. there are these Marvel... or these Spider-Man villains. I was like, I would like to see Spider-Man fight Kraven the Hunter. And Sony's just like, no, Kraven gets his own movie. That's I'm right. Like, fuck you. What are you talking about? <laughs> just give him... Just wrestling lions for two hours? What the yeah. fuck do you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, they're like, yeah, they get their own movies, no interaction with Spider-Man. That's what makes it special. Yeah, you did, dick. But, like, exactly. Well, they even have Blade now, and it's like, uh, honestly, the only time Morbius to me would be an interesting character is you throw him in with Blade. Blade yeah. goes, but you're a vampire? But Morbius like, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm like... a living vampire. Living vampire. I, I mean, hunger good. for plasma. <laughs> Felicia, I love you. <laughs> I remember that animated series, too. Yes. <laughs> His hands, because they couldn't do the biting, so yeah, his hands. Exactly. <laughs> Animated shows and how they got around violence is so fun. It's so funny. Well, he did that in the comics, too. Oh, did he? Because that was the whole thing. Of, say, where he was Morbius the living vampire because in the comics oh. code authority, you could not depict the living dead and be published. Gotcha. Yeah. 
things you had to do around to get mm-hmm. around. Well, they would do that, and then Marvel had this whole thing where they published magazines that were not comic books, and they were allowed to put different things in them. Loopholes. <laughs> so good. I don't know. I, my funniest loophole is the animated series for Batman, Joker, who killed people with laugh. Not even killing them. He just put them into a laughing coma, mm-hmm. which somebody's like, that's almost worse. And I'm like, yeah. it is almost worse. It is. That show got away with a lot, because they're just firing guns. Yeah, left and like, right. You never see that. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's why we raised up. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're doing today is actually kind of exciting. Only because I'm very excited to go down these rabbit holes with you. Mm. And that is we <clears throat> are going to reboot a lot of the like iconic slasher or scary movies. The icons, the Freddy, Jason, if you have one for Jason. Um, mainly Freddy is what I'm excited for. Yeah, I, Freddy is the one I did. I picked one and I just went with it. <laughs> perfect. I'm, that's perfect with me. Because um, Michael doesn't need it. He's gotten successfully mm-hmm. brought to life, kind of. Nice little story form. It's like a reboot sequel thing. Yeah, I um, like those movies. But and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre apparently really needs one, which I don't. They just keep ruining it. I don't know. I, I don't like, think there's anything you can do with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't think that's a franchise. I think that's the one story. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Although I do like Texas Chainsaw too. That's what you said. I, I don't remember that one too much. But it's crazy. The first one is just like raw and like good. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like you're watching a documentary. Yeah. Well, the thing about Texas Chainsaw is it's not a slasher movie. No. Like, it's this very specific thing. And, like, it fits in a genre. Like, there's a whole genre of, like, people that, like, break down in weird areas and have to contend with, like, hillbillies. <laughs> but it's, like, the ultimate version of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, that one is... They kind of The first one kind of did it perfectly. Just this weird, like, documentary-style type of... Yeah. Like, that honestly it's, is how it should just... It's really great. And Texas Chainsaw 2 is amazing, because it's <laughs> almost like... Remember, like, in the early 90s or even the 80s, they would make cartoons out of rated R movies? Like, there was a Rambo cartoon and a RoboCop cartoon. Oh, yes. Um, it feels like the, like, Saturday morning cartoon version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's so fucking insane. <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. I love it. I adore it. But also, still very rated R. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, I'm very excited for this Nightmare on Elm Street dive we're gonna do because okay. I have constantly now been thinking about what would Freddy be if he wasn't just like our generic looking Freddy if he truly was just something that it was a nightmare mm. all the way through and so I'm actually excited to see what you take me on okay you want me to go first oh yeah okay <laughs> um, so here I've got a thing I have a pitch document <laughs> I appreciate it all right. Uh, so it's basically what I've got for you is like a, a pretty detailed opening scene and then just sort of an outline. Okay. Okay? All right. Uh, opening credits roll over the following. An old man leans over a crusted workbench, his back to us. He leans over his work. We never see his face, just small details and dim light, unkempt gray-white hair, and a tattered red and green sweater. He whistles a tune, sounds like a lullaby or a nursery rhyme. Open on the tabletop among scattered bits of leather and scrap metal is a book. A scrapbook. The headline of a newspaper clipping boldly announces the Springwood Slasher claims fourth. Extreme close-up on the old man's rotted teeth as he smiles to himself. He continues to whistle his eerie tune, cutting out a picture of a six-year-old boy from a missing poster. But he's not using scissors. On one of his fingers, he wears an articulated metal piece tipped with a seven-inch blade, so sharp the paper puts up no resistance. He finishes by poking out the eyes of the picture of the boy, 
His gestures seem almost performative, like he knows we're watching. A noise off screen captures his attention. He slowly turns toward us, but we cut away before we see him. Elsewhere, Tina Thompson, a pretty 17-year-old girl, jogs playfully down a tree-lined suburban street. The whistled eerie tune carries over the image in the background. She calls out playfully, laughing. Rod, where'd you go? Come on, Rod. A voice answers. Icy. Tina. She looks over and laughs. Her 18-year-old boyfriend, Rod, is on the other side of the elm trees. But he doesn't look like that should be his voice. The two move in parallel down either side of the trees, playing a game, both laughing. But Rod's laugh doesn't sound like it should. And sometimes when we see him between trees, he doesn't look like he should. He looks a lot like the old man we saw before, but different, scarred, burned. His red and green sweater smolders. They keep going. The tree-lined street seems endless. The eerie tune gets louder. Until he goes past one last tree and doesn't emerge from the other side. Gone. Rod? Tina's feeling less playful, looking around. Rod, where'd you go, babe? The eerie whistling has become a song, sung dreamily by small voices somewhere off screen. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Hello? Tina wheels around. Across the street, two young twin girls in matching white dresses are swinging a jump rope in front of an unassuming two-story house. The mailbox says Thompson. The address is 1428L. The girls sing, three, four, better lock your door. Are you girls from next door? It's a little late to be out playing. The girls seem to pay her no mind and keep jumping rope. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Where are your parents? Seven, eight, gonna stay up late. As Tina gets closer, they stop and abruptly turn to face her. Nine, ten, never sleep again. The twin girls break out into laughter and sprint away from Tina into the house behind them. Wait. She follows, but once inside, it doesn't look like a house. It looks like a living room blended with some kind of industrial basement, a boiler room. It's weird. Appliances warped and melting from heat. Hello? Rod, are you in here? Did you see some kids? She whirls as she hears little girls giggle and scuttle unseen behind her. Mom? Dad? Are there neighbor girls staying here? She makes her way through the house as it looks less and less like a home and more boiler room. Until she comes to the room we recognize from the opening with the workbench. Here she finds the twins, holding hands, eerily still. What are you girls doing here? The two girls speak in unison. You should leave. What? You should run. Uh, this is my house. Little girls look at each other, then back to Tina. No, it's his house. My mom and dad, we hear a heavy door slam, cutting her off. The girls look at each other again, and then back at Tina sadly. You won't see your mommy or daddy again. Before Tina can reply, a high-pitched squeal like nails on a chalkboard echoes. Freddy's home. Close on a hand. It's wearing a dirty glove composed of, with four of the articulated metal blades we saw the old man use. It drags the blades along the boiler room wall, squealing. Tina is overcome with dread. She turns back to the twins to find them having collapsed to the floor, now mutilated corpses. Tina screams and sprints out of the chamber. The boiler room house is labyrinthine. She takes blind corners and finds dead ends. 
She hears cruel laughter as the squealing gets closer. She calls for her parents, for Rod. She hears an icy voice. Rod's not here. Tina rounds another corner and finds herself face to face with Freddy Krueger. We still don't see much of him, but we get it. He grabs her, pins her against the wall, pulling her arms out to a full wingspan. She's screaming, crying. She calls for help from Rod again. I'm your boyfriend now, Tina. He licks her face. Her screams intensify. Hard cut. Middle-aged woman, Marge Thompson, is sitting at a modest living room with a glass of red wine. A piercing scream causes her to drop her glass. She bolts up from the couch, yelling for Tina. Marge bursts into a teenage girl's bedroom to find her daughter. Tina, on her back on her bed, arms spread, her wrists slit, spraying blood. Tina's still alive, now awake and screaming. Marge is quickly followed by Tina's twin sister, Nancy. We push in on Nancy as she screams. End opening sequence, Nightmares on Elm Street. Uh, story then picks up six months later with Nancy being committed to Weston Hill Psychiatric Hospital, having survived a suicide attempt mm. after suffering depression following her twin sister's suicide. Through the first act, Nancy develops relationships with the other kids in the suicide ward, and they all realize they're dreaming about Freddy. In the nightmares, we see Freddy is always different, using different tactics. He's at different times a malevolent killer, a shapeshifter, a jokester who makes the perfect pun as he kills you, always weaponizing individual fears for each character, feeding on their terror. As they are murdered one by one, each looking like an increasingly Baroque suicide, Nancy and her friends piece together the mystery of the man stalking their nightmares and the part their parents played in the entire affair. Nancy is often visited by her dead sister in her nightmares, who shows her things about Freddy. She keeps reminding Nancy that Freddy's dead, but Nancy doesn't understand why. We learn Nancy and her sister were abducted as little girls and were nearly victims of Freddy Krueger when he was still alive, and that they were rescued by their father, a police lieutenant, leading a small group of parents of murdered children. They trapped Freddy in the boiler room of the condemned factory where he took his victims and burned him alive. But he's back. Back for Nancy. Back for all the children of Elm Street. Climax sees Nancy, a few survivors, and her father enact a plan to pull Freddy into the real world, but it backfires. In our world, Freddy is flesh and blood, but he's able to bring people's nightmares to life and attack them with their fears in the real world. We see things set up in a previous nightmares coming roaring back, turning the hospital into a house of horrors for our heroes, a slaughterhouse. To get through as they battle Freddy. More die, including Nancy's father, who sacrifices himself to save her. Finally, Nancy is reminded of her sister's ghostly warnings and realizes that Freddy's phantasms can be vanquished by confronting the fact that they aren't real. Freddy isn't real. He's dead. Their survivors take back all the power they gave Freddy and finally kill him with his own glove. Freddy's dead. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I was okay. expecting so much detail. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Let's take that from the top. Yeah. I do like that intro a lot because mm-hmm. it ties in everything that we know. It ties in the weird, like, looks like a normal scene that slowly just dissolves into, like, creepy terror. Yeah. Uh, what I'm, like, really going for is kind of trying to compile all the things that are fun about Freddy Krueger and yeah. then also contextualize them. Like, who are those girls jumping rope? It's the main characters. Oh. Living a, uh, a repressed, you know, memory. Yeah. In their, in their dream. And then also just the idea of, like, dream logic. 
Are you like you're like oh it's it was my boyfriend but it wasn't my boyfriend. Yeah. It was like I walked into my house but it like wasn't my house inside but I yeah. knew it was my house like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where you walk walk into the house and it's like it's your work office and you go yeah. oh, this is weird. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, I do love how like Freddy is again like hidden in the shadows, so mm-hmm. we're not really getting like the whole like in your face Freddy. Yeah. But um, my big thing would be Freddy would be a different actor in every nightmare. That would be wild. And then at the end, like when you see him at the very beginning and you, when you see him at the end, it's Robert England. It's Prime Freddy. It has to be. How old yeah. is he now? 70s? You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. He's fine. Just, yeah. You just got to get up. Um, yeah, I love that a lot, actually. I love the idea of like basically what you're doing, too, with this one is you're taking like a combo of like a lot of like the Dreamcatcher stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Or Dream Warriors, I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's a hard reboot. Like, it's not a reboot cool. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a remake of the first one, but it's mostly a remake of Dream Warriors. Yeah, you like combine them together. With a better ending. <laughs> I don't even remember the ending for Dream Warriors. Uh, it's fun, but it's like they set up all this stuff where the kids have these like dream powers and they don't really get to use them. Freddy just kills them anyway. Perfect. Which I kind of like. But <laughs> no, but, yeah, but I... yeah, so they, they pull them into the real world like they do in the first one, but mm-hmm. instead of like being powerless in the real world, it turns into this fucking crazy... Like the end of Cabin in the Woods. Like oh, it just turns yeah. the hospital, like everybody's nightmares are, come to life. And yeah. so there's like f- weird shit and like clowns murdering people and whatever. All going around. Yeah. That would be fucking wild. Like mm-hmm. a bomb of terror. Yeah, exactly. That'd be wild. Because that's like, honestly, one of the craziest parts of Cabin in the Woods is that with all the monsters and they mm-hmm. all just come out yeah, it's and just amazing. fucking like a shit show of like everything. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best parts of that movie. Um, so, and that, that would be cool for Freddy too. Cause yeah. so, like you said, clowns would be like one of the first things I think of like that just fucking terrifying thing of those just existing around everybody. Mm-hmm. God, that would be cool. And almost be like a spread effect too, where like it's super fucked up at the ground, like where he is. And then it's just slowly like teetering out. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like these characters like running through, trying to survive, trying mm-hmm. to like figure out what to do. And they like go into a different part of the hospital and like this fucking crazy thing's happening. Yeah. And they like run in here and there's like maybe like a swimming pool in the hospital for like uh, physical therapy. Yeah. But the water's just like completely black and reflective. And there's a fucking like weird monster shark in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All this fucking crazy shit. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, because that's what Nightmare on Elm Street needs to be. Yeah. It needs to be like a real mix of like, Freddy should be terrifying, mm-hmm. but also like it's pretty fun and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to like double up on the just the general supernatural stuff. So the idea that she has a twin sister. Yeah. Who died, who's like trying to help her in her dreams as well. Kind of replacing in the sequels, Freddy's mom was oh, like, God. she kept showing up and like trying to help people. That. Amanda Kruger. Forgot about that. She was the nun that was raped by a hundred inmates. Oh, that's right. <laughs> son the of best. a hundred. That's son, right. Yeah, son of a hundred maniacs. Because <laughs> that's how that works. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> I forgot about that. God, I forgot about a lot of those movies. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, even the sequels. Yeah. Even the super... What's that one? Nightmare on... Um, or he's in the real world. Oh, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yes. Yeah. That was an interesting one. Yeah. That's kind of the main reason I didn't do like a reboot sequel a la Halloween. Is they kind of did that in that one. Yeah. And it's not very good. No. It doesn't make sense. It's very weird. Like, 
Robert England's a main character, but also not a main character. He should have been the main character. Yeah. That movie have would have been a thousand percent better if it was about Robert England being haunted by Freddy Krueger. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a different movie, and that's kind of the cool part of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I fucking love that. And honestly, because Nightmare is probably the most intriguing one out of the mascot slashers, mm-hmm. you can just have so much fun with it. Yeah, it's just fun, and you can do anything. Exactly. Like, everybody else is kind of pretty linear, and they're kind mm-hmm. of just there yeah i mean michael's my favorite but uh oh yeah of course after him freddy's my guy yeah that's just so much it's just so wild because mm-hmm. everybody else is kind of copying each other right like we've talked about like what a friday the 13th would be and it's just straight up you're almost remaking is it the fourth one the one where they sit there on the campfire and they basically just rehash who jason is that's he... the second one. Oh, okay um i don't remember anymore all, they, all, <laughs> they all fucking just blur together yeah no i agree it, but it's the, but only... the fourth one's the best yes Fourth one has that recap, then. They all have a recap. Oh, God. But also, the fourth one takes place on, what, Sunday the 15th? (laughs) Does it? Yeah, because at a certain, like, two, three, and four all take place, like, within days of each other. Mm. Like, three takes place the, what, the next day after two? Something like that. No, see, that's... But... No. It'd just be, like, for Friday the 13th to work, you just got to put it in the 80s. And it has to be over-the-top 80s. And then just have, like, opens up with a campfire story about this weird kid that was bullied and drowned in this lake. And there's a legend that he will come back again or something stupid. Yeah. And then he does. And that's Friday the 13th. No, I think that's a great idea to, like, really, like, set it in a time, like, set it in the period and, mm-hmm. like, just go whole hog on that and... Like, I think you need to take a firm stance on, like, what Jason is. Like, just... You don't have to be, like, too detail-oriented, but, like, what is he? Like, yeah. uh, when did he drown? <laughs> Was he alive at one point and then became, like, a zombie guy? Mm-hmm. Is he still, is he just, like, a crazy, like, mountain man who lives in the woods? Like, what is his deal? And, like, be clear about it. Best one is Zombie Jason. Yeah, I agree. That's the best. And that's just how he is. He's, he drowned as a kid. He comes back. He's Zombie Jason. He's yeah. a zombie monster fucking Hulk thing. Well, that's what's so weird about that series is, like, there's the whole thing about him drowning as a kid. Mm. But then in, like, part two and part three, he's definitely, like, a guy. Yeah. He's just a dude. Like, part two, he is just a dude. And then he, in part four, he dies. He's not in part five. It mm-hmm. is Roy. And then in part it, six, he actually comes back to life and is a zombie for the rest of the yeah. series. But then technically he did. But come like, back did to he life? drown or what? Did yeah, they just think he drowned? He floated away. Like, yeah, I don't know. But in this one, he just he full and fucking drowned as a kid. Yeah, and that's how he comes back. How does he grow up? I guess you just keep growing. I don't fucking know. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. That's my question. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Maybe he never was truly dead. Is he, he a just... kid the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be more kind of fucked up, honestly. Yeah. Um, He's just bloated from being in the lake. <laughs> no, you know, it's all some fucking weird... It was a cursed lake and something like that, and mm. it, it kept him in some weird fucking evil coma, and he kept growing and getting bigger. When I was a... Uh, when I was a, like a junior in high school, I wrote a treatment for a... Uh, like a sequel to Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, God. Because they the rumor was it was going to be Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash. Yes. Um, so I wrote like that... And the idea that I used for Jason was that um, in, I don't know if you've ever seen Friday the 13th, or uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, the ninth one. Possibly. There's a moment in that movie where they're in uh, Jason's house, or Jason's mother's house, 
And in the basement, there's actually, it's just like an Easter egg, but you see the Book of the Dead from the Evil Dead. Oh, that's fun. So I had this whole thing where, like, Jason's mother was so distraught after he drowned. Obviously, she, you know, went on and killed camp counselors and shit, so, like, she was fucked. Yeah. But that she obtained the Book of the Dead and brought Jason back to life with that. And Jason is, like, that's his deal. That's why he's just, like, haunting that area, because he's, like, the book's protector. Oh, perfect. That's how we do it. And so, like, I brought Freddy into it because he's after the Book of the Dead, so he can bring himself back to life into mm-hmm. the real world. And then Ash is involved because he's looking for the book. Yeah. And then there's, like, kids staying at the cabin because that's what you do yep. in, like, an Evil Dead setting. I kind of love that, actually. Thanks. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's... And it's... Ash meeting them is kind of perfect. Yeah. If there's one character that could just be brought in as, like, from the extended universe, it's mm-hmm. kind of... Yeah, and to see Ash go toe-to-toe with Freddy yeah. with quips, that's great. <laughs> is this Ash with a chainsaw? Uh, Yeah, he would have his chainsaw hand. Well, he would have, like, a false hand, and then he would the, yeah. rock the chainsaw later. Exactly. So that'd be great to see him go against Jason with a fucking chainsaw hand, too. Although I did also have this whole thing where he had, a, like, a sword fight with Jason, where Jason's got the machete and he's got the chainsaw. See? That'd be fun. But it'd be something like that, where, like, yeah, sure, he drowned as a kid, his mother, like, fucking started looking into, like, witchcraft shit. Mm-hmm. put some sort of weird spell on him and then on like whatever like 20 years from the date or 20 yeah, like 20 years from the date night he drowned or whatever he comes back yeah something stupid like that mm-hmm. and then that's the story that's being told and then sure as fucking shit they go and it's this night and that's like the generic like ooh, we spooked you yeah but it turns out it is <laughs> that fucking night and here he comes and like that's just right 13th yeah it's simple it's straightforward it's dumb mm-hmm. and he's just this zombie fucking hulk yeah, he's just pissed off. Yeah. It's like slamming people's heads through walls. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would just have to be something cheesy, like, he doesn't have the mask, but then, like, the first guy he kills or whatever, like, has a hockey mask. Yeah, that's... Fuck it, who cares? That's where the mask came from. Exactly. And he just takes that, puts it on, like, after the first kill, and then we get that. Yeah. Rest of the movie. Fuck mm-hmm. it. That's, that's cool, because you can start him off as a bag face Jason. Exactly. part two, where he's just got that, like, burlap sack on his head. <laughs> exactly. Like, maybe it's super fucked up, and, like, maybe... Well, I guess if he, that's going into murder. But like, if he died like with a sack on his head or something, like as a prank. Oof. And then like, you know, they like put it on his head as a kids prank. Kids are and, mean. Exa- well, kids are fucked up. Um, but something like that, and so that's just what he starts off with, and then yeah, gets the gets the. Yeah. Why not? He thinks it's cool. Absolutely. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the only because they. I feel like they try to take him too seriously a couple times, and you can't take that character seriously. No, he's not a character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking yeah. thing. It, yeah, it's like if you made a movie where it was just about a gun. <laughs> like... <laughs> What's this gun's arc? <laughs> What's the story? No, yeah, it's also like trying to make a movie. I won't even put that in, like on Godzilla, but something where it's like, let's find the human side of Godzilla. And it's like, or yeah. he can just watch him stomp on some cities and, like, fight monsters. Well, the interesting thing with Godzilla is, like, the very first one is, like, mm-hmm. pretty serious. And it it's is. Because like, it's made by the Japanese, and it's them reckoning with the idea that, like, this, like, horrendous, like, thing completely shaped their culture going forward, the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. And, like, what that means and what that feels like and being haunted by this, like, just shape of monstrosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That but. first Godzilla from 1954 is, like, really good. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's an amazing movie. I haven't actually seen it. Yeah. But I know that they're doing... The new ones are good, so that's Yeah, all. I like them. I like most Godzilla movies. Except for 99. 
We talked about that. Yeah, that's not a Godzilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's that's the only thing you can do with Jason is you just kind of make him this brute fucking dumb zombie man that just bashes through doors and like has yeah. a machete and yeah no the key is to like keep the energy up yep. and like you need like really charismatic kids mm-hmm. as for the actors like maybe make them 20 somethings because it's hard to like reckon with the idea that we're watching teenagers have sex yeah i'm tired of that they need but, to be young adults yeah college but yeah just make them like transgress mm-hmm. um and like most of them are shitty and you want to see them die so yeah. the audience can cheer when jason like folds them in half like laundry <laughs> exactly they all need to be assholes except for obviously the one person who lives because mm-hmm. like we're all like rooting for her yeah but like, and that's the thing too i even have like the final girl again like just go just, like stereotypical like tropes all the way through and just yeah. make it fun but just like yeah amp it up and make yeah. it crazy and like the fun thing with like you use with jason is like because he's this unstoppable fucking monster it's like this constant like you're running away it's just him slowly chasing people and they think we did it <laughs> fucking hand comes through the wall shit i gotta keep running yeah i get to a car we're in a car, starts, you just start driving, he fucking standing in front of it, and he punches the fucking, like, hood. He does that shit. Like, yeah. all of it is what he does, and you're just like, fuck, I can't get away from him. Mm-hmm. That's where he's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the, the, the anxiety of it. Yeah. Is where the real horror is. Exactly. And you get, like, the one douchebag, he's like, I could fight him. And then, yeah, he just gets fucking destroyed yeah, he gets immediately. Yeah, punched off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's just nonstop. And so at the end, when, like, the final person final girl like is like holy fuck i did it you mm-hmm. almost are like fuck like, yeah. you're just relieved with her because like that whole non-stop train ride is just gone you Done. gotta take the final scare though like the first nightmare on elm street or the first uh friday the 13th oh what do you mean you got it like she thinks everything's okay oh and right, right and yeah it comes back up something happens that's like one of the greatest horror movie moments of all time even though that first Friday the 13th isn't that great um but yeah, she's she, out on the boat yeah. and then like the zombie boy Jason like pops out of the lake and grabs her spoilers yep. for like a 40 year old <laughs> I think they'll be fine if you spoil <laughs> uh, yeah I guess you'd have to do something which would be a 50 year old movie 1980 yeah <laughs> maybe it's just the slow pan on his body and then he like just sits up and like that's where it ends just something where we go oh yay yeah. I don't know yeah he'll be back he'll be back yeah it doesn't need to be anything as crazy because I don't think you can top that. I think you're right. Unless it's like... My Freddy will be back. I'll, I can promise that there would be a sequel to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of Freddy is he always comes back. Mm-hmm. And like, you just get crazy with the nightmares too. Yeah. Every so. town has an Elm Street. Exactly. <laughs> town has an Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, there's. it's just kind of... Freddy does need like to get that kind of wild nightmare fuel shit. Mm-hmm. Like you can't ground him too much because it takes away from the fun. Yeah. And then... Jason needs to be separated from Michael because he needs to be the direct opposite of what Michael is. Where Michael's kind of stealthy. He's plotting. He's yeah. kind of strategic. Mm-hmm. Jason's just like, no, I'm just going to walk through the fucking door. I'm not even going to open it. I'm walking through the door. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's the fun difference. But we'll see. Maybe they'll do it. There was The rights with Jason are all fucked up. I think yeah. that's why there hasn't been one in a long time. The video game that came out, which was actually very fun as a party game. Hmm. Um, oh, God, that thing was in development hell forever. Yeah. Uh, it was originally called like Slasher Camp or something, and it was just a guy in a mask, like yeah. no rights, and then they got them all. Because it's even more like there's even more to it than I know, but I do know that like you know Paramount made Friday the Thirteenth, yep. and they had the rights to Friday the Thirteenth, and then at a certain point they they wanted to like get out of that, so they sold the rights to Jason to New Line, mm-hmm. but Paramount still owns the 
Friday the 13th title. Yeah, so it's just Jason. It's just Jason. That's why there's no Jason movie after part eight that's called Friday the 13th. They're all called, like, Jason Goes to Hell or Jason X or Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> Jason X. <laughs> Jason X is wild. <laughs> um, yeah. No, yeah, it's super weird. So I don't know if I ever figured that out. I know they tried to reboot. Yeah, that one's not... I don't terrible. think I watched. Is that the one that's all found footage? No. Oh, there is no found footage one. Yeah. That's the one they were. That was the rumor. I think they, they were talking to do. about doing that, and that would be awful. That would be. So but uh, it'd be like a fucking motion sickness, right? Yeah, like well, found footage is done. Let it go. Yeah, it was fun for like Cloverfield. Like Cloverfield pushed it too much. I'm not a big fan of Cloverfield. Yeah, it, there's parts that are cool, but then there's parts where I'm like, I can't. Like when they're running through the subway, and it's just like. Yeah. But I like like I like some of the paranormal activity movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it got shit on a lot, but I kind of liked that new Blair Wish that came out a few years ago that Adam Wingard did. I haven't seen that one. I thought that was fun. Huh. I haven't seen that. I liked it. I'm not somebody who is like a, totally enamored with the original, so I wasn't yeah. like, how dare they make this like a more fun version. <laughs> <laughs> the original's interesting, um, just for the fact, I guess, at the time. I think it was oh, more yeah. in the moment thing. Absolutely. Uh, it was no, kinda... it was like, yeah, it was game changing at the time. I'll never forget going to see that movie with a girl. That movie came out when I was in fifth grade. Oh, my God. Uh, and we, like, snuck into it. And uh, I remember her, like, flipping the fuck out. Because, like, the marketing of that movie, especially if you weren't, you know, savvy enough <laughs> to, like, hey, I saw this actor on, like, this interview. <laughs> yeah. But, like, talk the, the marketing of the movie was such that, like, this was, like, found footage yeah. that this was like something that they like edited you together which i love the idea that so much of america thought that like a major studio put a snuff film yep. in theaters that you could pay nine dollars to see but <laughs> but I like mean, the, she was flipping out and she was just like why won't anybody help them <laughs> wait yeah no self-service and she was like inconsolable <laughs> Yeah, no, it it was one of those things where, like, I've listened to a few podcasts where people talk about it, and they were even, like, older, right? They are young adults when it came out. And they're like, yeah, we all came out, and we're like, was that even real? Like, should we be concerned? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what a fun period of time for that movie to just to come out, like, right before the internet, right before cell phones, right before you, I follow those actors on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're all fine. Like, what a fun time for that to just come out as one last mm -hmm you know, goodbye to the non-internet world. It was a big deal. It was one of the first movies that had like viral marketing of any kind. Cause they yeah. had a website and you could go and it was all these like newspaper articles about mm -hmm. that's the, yeah, like that's so the missing camper. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I appreciate that movie more for like the entire thing they did. The whole portfolio of that movie. <laughs> like yeah. movie itself is whatever. Or falling people around in the woods for like an hour and a half. But the idea is cool. It's terrifying if you've never been camping before. You're like, what's that noise? Is it a witch? <laughs> or a deer. I don't know. <laughs> the ending is wild. The, the fact, ending is good. The fact they never actually show the witch, but like you get an idea of what's going on is really cool. Yeah. Um, him saying in that corner is just so simple and so... Yeah, it's very effective. Perfect. Yeah. Um, anyways, but yeah, no, if Jason ever went, found footage of a nightmare... He needs to just, <laughs> he needs to be that generic. I even want like the film to look aged. Like I don't oh. know if I'd want it to be like you know like 4K. You want to do a thing like somebody shot it in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Like just full on like transporting you back. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because it'd still look better. Because it yeah. wouldn't be you know they have better special effects. They have better whatever. But just have that little bit of a grain. Yeah, that'd be fun. 
God, I would just go like full like eighties hairstyles. Yeah. And like crazy. Yeah. Clothes. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like a it's like a love letter to the eighties, and it's just so over the top. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to do it. Like, Have, like the... a dope soundtrack on that bitch. Yeah. That's where okay. you'd spend the real money. <laughs> True. You'd have to do uh, the blood's got to be over the top. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like the squib like artery. Everything's an artery. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Gotta just be crazy. Uh-huh. That's the only way you thrive there. You gotta recreate the kill where Jason zips somebody up in their sleeping bag and bangs them against a tree. Wouldn't they? Didn't they do that twice? They did it in Jason X. They did like it the in virtual. Jason X is like an homage to. I think he does it in Part Seven. I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, 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 sure. That's gotta come back. Yeah. Somebody would be dumb enough to be like, I'll just hide in the sleeping bag. It's one of the best ones. Well, you can also just like he's on a rampage. There's people camping. True. Somebody's in the sleeping bag just chilling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it would be. That's the only way to do it, and then that's it. I don't know if I'd ever do. Maybe I actually do like go crazy, and with actually like Jason takes Manhattan. Don't just put it for twenty minutes. Like he whole, actually fucking whole, goes. He into, kills everybody. In <laughs> like he's actually just in a city. Like it's got to be something wild that we've never seen, mm-hmm. and just be over the top. Like this is the most ridiculous thing ever. But like that's what you signed up for. Yeah, one hundred percent. See. This is why we need to be. We need to get a job at some studio. <laughs> do you have Do you have other ones? Because you talked about a list. Do you have like a list of other ones that you? Honestly, I really don't. Because like it's kind of funny that we talk about this. But even like Ghostface is getting like, he's kind of getting that reboot sequel treatment right now. Yeah, Scream doesn't need to be rebooted. No, Scream, Scream is, is like is what it is. They honestly, the new Scream kind of did a little bit of perfect, like, homage to. Oh, here's a generation that grew up on Scream. Yeah. Now they get to do it. Like, that's kind of a cool thing to really tie it in. Yeah. I'm nervous for the new one, but... That's like, always been Scream's thing, anyway. Yeah. It, but, exactly. Yeah. It's more... This one really hit on the head where it was talking about, like, horror fans. Yeah. <laughs> it straight up was like, no, we're talking to you guys who all know the facts in horror movies. Like, yeah, exactly. this is you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cool, I think. <laughs> but, um, and then, like I said, Michael, he's getting a nice treatment right now with his movies. Mm-hmm. So like, I would do Hellraiser. Hellraiser. I forget about Hellraiser. <clears throat> I would do like more of a remake with Hellraiser mm-hmm. than to like take it away from what it orig- originally was. But I would also like my big thing with Hellraiser is I really need the Cenobites to not be like demons from hell. Cause I think that's so stupid. Like boring almost. Yeah. Well it's, yeah, it's, like, the cool thing about that, especially that short story that Clive Barker wrote, is that they're not even necessarily evil. Yeah. Like, there's somebody out there who, like, that's what they signed up for. Like, yep. They're like, this is hell? Wonderful. Yeah. Well, they just come from this other place. Yeah. And, like, their whole deal is um, they're explorers of sensation. Mm-hmm. So, like, they keep, like, and even in the, the novel, or the um, novella, because it's, like, not a full-length novel, but it's not a short story. Um it talks about how when they get Frank and they take him back to like wherever they go, like he's like like screaming in pain, but he's also like coming uncontrollably. Oh my god! Like it's this, yeah. Huh. And like that's what you like. That's what makes the concept so fucking crazy and weird. And like you need to dig into that. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Well, uh, that'd be interesting right now. That would actually, Hellraiser would be a very interesting movie to come out now. Mm-hmm. As, like, a society's view on just sex in general has really, I'd say, lightened. Mm-hmm. People are more open to, yeah, kind of. Sex. It depends on who you're talking to. Exactly. But I definitely think 
we've as a society I think we're more sex positive than ever. Yeah. There are some things like you talked about with like Marvel, like for some reason Marvel wants us to think that the heroes don't fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um that yeah, was everybody's the, gorgeous. Nobody's having sex. That was the fun thing with Batman is there's a fucking chemistry there. Like, oh yeah. Oh, those two look like they're gonna fuck. Yeah. And I love that. Like you said, it's they're still people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this if fucking Selena Kyle came at me in that catwoman costume, I'd also be like, Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> like who are you? Um, but yeah, no, it, as society, we, I feel like we're starting to view sex more positively. Uh-huh. So it'd be very interesting to put Hellraiser out mm-hmm. and kind of lean into that and not really hide it. Yeah. That would be interesting. That'd be, a, that'd almost be a social experiment you're going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, who, who else, what else is there? I think there's something to be done with Chucky, but like... Oh, Chucky! Yes! Chucky is in this weird hell, too. There's like a TV show out now. I've heard it's good, but yeah, I haven't have watched it. I haven't watched it either. I get nervous. Um, I love Bride of Chucky. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's like what to do. I was going to say, like for Chucky, are you on the team of kind of keeping him alone, like the original Chucky's, or are you like more into the fucking just wild, crazy, insane shit well i like i like bride of chucky a lot and i like chucky and tiffany and that whole like weird thing but yeah i don't know i don't i don't know what i would do with chucky chucky's hard it's kind of it's so specific um <laughs> because it's not just like a killer doll like the first two movies where like he's got a whole he's a very much a character like there's oh, yeah. a chucky character <laughs> exactly and, like, they tried to do that remake, mm-hmm. reboot, and, like... Um, Mark Hamill was the voice. Yeah, and it was okay. Like, they they had some interesting ideas, but, like, it's hard to see Chucky and not just think about Brad Dorif doing the voice. And if they don't, it's, like, something... It's just, like, well, this isn't... It, this is something else. Yeah, he nailed it for too well. Yeah. Um, it's just iconic. It's iconic. It's hard to... Yeah. Divorce you. That's why, like, my whole thing with, like, um, the multiple actors playing Freddy is, like, you can't have... Somebody else can't really do that. Like, it's Robert England's thing. Yeah. I think the closest we probably could have gotten was the remake they did. I forgot yeah. the actor's name. Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, he's a really good actor, but he's just sort of, like, nothing in that movie. Yeah. Like, they don't really let him... He's trying to do... It's almost like he's doing a Freddy impression. Oh, he's so subdued. Yeah. Um... And it's fine. He's got, a, like, one or two really good lines. Yeah. Like, I really like, he's got, like, the one, he's got the guy held in his dream, and he's talking about how the body, or, like, the, what is he, like, the brain can keep functioning after the body dies for, like, up to 12 minutes, but 12 minutes can be forever in here. Yeah. So, he, and then he, uh, he, like, has got the knives out, and he's like, why are you screaming? I haven't even cut you yet. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, no, you're right, though. It's like t- everybody would just be comparing him to Robert England, whoever it would be. Yeah. That it's easier just to be like, well, fuck it. It's all, it's different things. It's different people. It's different. Yeah. But I would, like, really go for it. Like, the joke, the jokey, punny Freddy, I would, like, let's get fucking Ryan Reynolds to be Freddy in this sequence. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you could probably convince him, too. He would do it. <laughs> like, hey, you know Deadpool? Yeah. Go hard. Yeah, like, what if go Deadpool really wore knives hard. on his hands? <laughs> And, like, you're just really, really dark, too. Yeah, what if Deadpool's thing was killing children? <laughs> huh? He's like, huh. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> he might. That would be wild to see. Yeah. That'd be... And, like, don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Kind of Yeah, cute. exactly. Like, uh, as much as we're on the other podcast, you guys are going to watch This Is The End. Yeah, eventually. But Channing Tatum and This Is The End. Where Charming he... Taint Man. Yes, Charming Taint Man. And yeah. This Is The End where he just... <laughs> so it's like, go leash. be weird. And he goes, <laughs> okay. And he just goes and has fun. 
Yeah. And, like, they just kept it a surprise and, like, this whole... They were really able to weaponize the idea that he wanted people to think he was fun and funny. <laughs> He's like, God, please, I'll do anything. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll get walked around with Hong Kong. Hey, more power to him, though. That was... He had fun. It's a funny... Yeah, it's a funny bit. There's things in that movie that I think are funny. Uh, who was it? Uh... Michael Sarah just getting absolutely like slapped to hell. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was like actually happened. <laughs> you know what I would do as found footage? Sorry. No, you're good. Like to maintain, like if if we're gonna like take that as a challenge, like oh to save found footage or not, or not just to, to use found footage uh, to admit that it's a genre mm-hmm. and you know it's I guess they're still being made. Um, they just made a new Paranormal Activity. It came straight to, like, Paramount Plus or whatever. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I heard it was bad. I do remember them making them. But, yeah. No, I haven't s- seen one after the fourth one, because the fourth one is such a fucking disappointment after that banger third one. But uh, I would do The Exorcist. Oh. As found footage. That would be cool. Kind of like, he, yeah, because that's a good place for them to logically have a camera with them recording their studies. Mm-hmm. Especially because in the Exorcist movie, aren't they like, it's a father and then it's one who's like studying, right? He's studying to become... Oh, do you mean priest? The priest, <laughs> okay. yes. I was like, no, it's the mother. <laughs> Sorry, a priest. There is like a head priest and then there's one who's like like working his way up. Well, no. So in the Exorcist, um, which is the greatest horror movie of all time, um, no, no, that's yeah, that's accurate. the The first priest we meet, Father Karras, is um, a priest, but he's having a crisis of faith. That's it. And he's younger, and he's also a psychologist. Like mm-hmm. he counsels other priests. Um, and there's this whole thing about like how he joined the uh, priesthood because the church would pay for his medical school. Like yeah. Um, but it's like his mom has passed away recently, and he's like struggling. He doesn't know if he believes in God, and then he's forced into this circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the older priest, Max von Sydow, in, like, old age makeup. Yeah. Which I never realized when I was a kid. So I was like, how old is How long has he been old? He's been old, like, forever. <laughs> He's only, like, 40 in that movie. That, but, honestly, <laughs> that makeup is, that that movie goes hard in everything. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. Um, But, yeah, I would do, and, like, maybe, like, in the modern day, like, they just think, obviously, it's me- some form of mental illness presenting. Or, yeah. like, early onset uh, schizophrenia. Or, like, something going on with reagan so like they're doing these studies maybe they bring in experts and the mom is uh wealthy so she can afford to do all these things Mm -hmm. um and you could set it that actually be really fun because that uh, them setting up videos and stuff wouldn't be weird because it's like oh no we're studying this really weird case so that we can you know present it to classes and and you could do stuff where they're like the next day reviewing footage and they Mm -hmm. see her doing things they're like oh she got out of the room and she and you could do like the spider walk where she comes oh yeah yeah yeah. um and you're like what (laughs) <laughs> Is she gonna, ah! Are they going to keep the peen on the stairs? Yes, you, you got to. You got to. You got to do that. And there's like stuff from the book that I would want want to try to incorporate because it's hard because it's a little tell d- don't show. Mm. But in the book, there's this whole thing about um, like in the movie you t- they talk about the desecration of a nearby church mm-hmm. and how they like um, what did they, like she like puts a, a parking cone so it looks like a dick on the. <laughs> the Mary statue. But in the book, they talk about how all the pamphlets were, the prayer pamphlets were replaced Mm -hmm. and it's in perfect Latin. So like nobody understands who did it, but it just describes like a sexual encounter between Jesus and the Virgin Mary. Like, it's just like 
heinous blasphemy. Oh my god! In perfect Latin, and they're like, "What? What is this? Like, what happened?" <laughs> like, I would want to like go into that stuff, and that would be cool. Yeah, and like, yeah, if they did have the camera set up or whatever, we have the spider walk across the ceiling, just fucking like leaves. They go, "Oh shit!" Not geez. too much. Not too like. Not too, I don't want it to be like real CGI and. Oh god, no. Um. But yeah, I would. Yeah, because it's really scary. Like, even if you're not religious. Um, no, it's the idea that j- there's just like otherworldly entities and their whole uh, joy of what <laughs> their their whole like reason for being is to fuck with us. Yeah, and, like make us despair. Yeah, I was like, that's so interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, that actually be the perfect one because they are just kind of in that house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the the horror that you're locked. In, you're just in a house trying to pretend that you're living your life, but this like thing is going on upstairs. And it's spreading like yeah. the evil is like feels like it's spreading slowly through the house too. Mm-hmm. And that's a really fun way to capture that. Yeah, that would be cool. They're doing something with Exorcist, right? Uh, yeah, actually, um, David Gordon Green, who did the new Halloween movies, is doing a new Exorcist. Oh, that'll be good. Uh, so I hope so. I yeah. think it, it could be good. So let's see. We'll see. We'll see if they steal our idea. The found footage, we'll know they listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You owe me money, David. Chubby <laughs> dick. Uh, uh, New Line, please feel free to take my nightmare thing oh, yeah. for free. I'll take a producer credit. <laughs> thank, that's thank true. You. Story by. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's a fun way to take Jason. Not Jason, sorry, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's so different and so wild and you won't have that crowd of being like, well, this isn't my Freddy. And it's like, well, then go watch your Freddy. It is your Freddy. Yeah, it's exactly. everybody's Freddy. Exactly. Freddy's for everybody. Yeah. We all have Elm We all have Street. We all love Freddy. <laughs> we have an Elm Street in our heart. That burn motherfucker. <laughs> um, well, this was fun. Hmm? I like I like going down these rabbit holes with you because it's, uh, especially like on things I don't really know too much about, especially like horror. Yeah. I'm not. I'm very much like probably a B, C student in horror, mm. but it's fun mm-hmm. to like talk to you about it. Yeah, no, I love horror. It's like my... I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got overdosed on it as a kid, because I had a buddy who was always like, we have to watch every Friday the 13th. And maybe I was like, these are not good. <laughs> it just scarred me emotionally. Yeah. They're almost... The funny thing about Friday the 13th is it's almost like a perfect gateway for kids. Yes. Because it feels transgressive, but it's not really. No. They're not even really that violent. <laughs> no. It's like just kind of like, ugh, there's some yeah. weird, like, I guess I was barbaric. But you feel like you're watching something naughty when you're like 12. Yes, because yeah. there's boobs. Yeah, there's it's all boob. the boobs. Yeah. And then you see boobs get stabbed, and you're like, well, that's yeah. a weird feeling. Yeah, especially like part five, where it's basically just like a porno they shot in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's the inspiration for X. <laughs> Man. X is so fucking good. <laughs> I'm happy that one of my favorite things that's happening with like modern Hollywood is like horror is getting a revamp, mm-hmm. and it looks like if X is as good as you're saying, it looks like slashers are starting to get that too. Yeah, um, where people are kind of starting to understand how to make that feel unique and fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like Jordan Peele's on a great tear with like he just knows how to build up tension. Yeah, I can't wait to see Nope and see what that's about. Oh, me too. Like he's it's one of those things where like some people get like I don't know they call. Jordan Peele might get elevated to that point where, like, he has too much pressure to make a good movie. Yeah. Where he's like, this one's going to be fucking gold. Well, I'm curious what he's going to keep doing. Because at some point, somebody's going to come to him with an offer he can't refuse as far as, like, a remake or a reboot. So I would be curious to see what that was. Yeah. I don't know. You know what would be perfect for him is Poltergeist. Oh, God. And I know that they redid that fairly recently with, like, Sam Rockwell. 
mm-hmm. like what five or six years ago but that movie sucked <laughs> <laughs> like that was bad yeah um, i don't even think i saw it i just it's really bad well i saw it. i love poltergeist the original mm-hmm. poltergeist is one of my favorite movies that's a good one um but i think like jordan peele's the guy who could like really do something with it yeah yeah or fuck it's it. all about family dynamics and yeah yeah maybe he needs to go left field maybe he's the one that does your freddy yeah please he'd be please. fucking wild with yeah. that, though. <laughs> he would do a good job at building up those that tension and those nightmares mm-hmm. like when it's first kicking off he would be perfect to slowly start changing things where like you're just kind of picking it up slowly yeah like she's walking and like you said like the it almost looks like him but then it's like a brief like flash yeah. of like what jay uh, freddie looks like who would i oh god you're attacking your brain of like every director. Well, I'm trying to see like who would, because for me, like a lot of it is just like the visuals, mm-hmm. and like obviously there's the the character dynamics to it too. But like you you need somebody who's like gonna make a meal out of those like nightmares and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know who I would pick. Like for every horror movie, I would want to pick Guillermo del Toro. But well, yeah. Because he's like still has yet to make like a movie where his primary intent is to scare you, like a actual horror movie. So I would be so fucking curious to see what he would do with that. But I don't think he would be interested in like a slasher type thing. No, I mean you need like a monster. You need a monster if you want Guillermo. You play PT, right? <laughs> what is that? Uh, so PT is it, was, it came out on the PlayStation um, f- four. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro um, were working together. They created. Weren't they going to do a Silent Hill? Yes. Rape? Yeah. And this was this was the teaser for it. But what it is is you are just some dude. You wake up in a garage. Mm-hmm. You open a door, and there's just this long hallway. You walk mm-hmm. down the hallway. You take a right. There's another long hallway. Has like a chandelier. Amazing fucking scary lighting. <laughs> there's a door that you can't open on your right. And there's a radio just playing like an ominous like old style like news clip. Uh-huh. Everything looks normal. You walk all the way down. You go through the door there. You go right back into the garage. It's huh. a loop. Uh-huh. And every time you go through the loop, something different starts happening. Something mm. weird starts happening. Things are, like, lights are falling, like, at one point. And then you slowly start getting haunted by this ghost called Lisa. Uh-huh. And she'll pop up in random locations. Like, one time she, like, knocks down parts of the chandelier. If you look up in, like, the second story, she's just leaning over the, like, balcony staring at you. And she, like, laughs and fades into the darkness. Huh. And so every time you go through this loop, it starts changing and starts getting worse and worse and worse. And so you're like progressing into like this fucking mental hell that you need to solve to escape. Right. Um, the bathroom door eventually kicks open and there's like this weird fetus like in the sink. Hmm. And they start talking about um, that the people in that house, like the husband like lost his mind, I think, and like killed his wife and like his baby and all that. And that's from coming from the news radio. Mm. And it slowly starts changing and getting creepier as it's talking. And then it stops. And then radio goes, well, she's right behind you. <laughs> and you turn around and she just fucking runs into the camera. And it's just this face full of Lisa. Huh. And you wake back up in the garage. And you have to keep going through this and trying to figure it out. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's wonderful. It's one of the best. It's one of the scariest games I've ever played. And you're just in one hallway. Huh. But the way they use lighting, the way they use the sounds, the way they build it all up uh-huh. creates this amazing experience. And it was basically, that was Guillermo del Toro to me, creating an environment of where he's trying to scare you. Yeah. Because he was working with Hideo Kojima on a wonderful fucking idea. Yeah. And the yeah. fact we didn't get to see that game fully exposed in Silent Hills breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Because it, it, I straight, you could 
You can't even download it. You literally, I have a PlayStation upstairs that has the game on it. Mm-hmm. I, I will let you borrow the PlayStation <laughs> because you need to experience <laughs> it. I have to set that up somehow, but like, it's honestly a really smart way to utilize a horror game uh-huh. and have it hap- feel like it's happening to you. Uh-huh. It's really great. Great. Yeah. So, anyways, that's you mentioned that, and I, my brain immediately thought of he could have done it, and it would have been through a video game, which would be wild. You know what I would give Guillermo del Toro? What? Uh, so, uh, when I was 19, uh-huh. uh, I wrote a movie called House of Frankenstein. <laughs> Okay. I kind of love this already. I think you might have told me about this, but I almost... Especially as far as, like, uh, rebooting, like, classic horror goes. This is the most classic of them all. Um, in the 40s, in the 40s, when Universal was going through their uni- their uh, monster cycle, and they got toward the end of it, they, did, they basically had, like, an MCU type of thing, where they yeah. would make, like, House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein, it was all the monsters together. So I wrote this like modern interpretation called House of Frankenstein. Um, it's about like the main antagonist is Dracula, uh-huh. who's living in like modern day Los Angeles uh, as like this businessman named Vladimir Tepish. Love it. Um, but the whole thing is Dracula, who we all as like a collective audience understand is an immortal vampire. Like he's not immortal because he's dead, but he's, you know. Yeah, eternal. He's a vampire. Yeah, he's dying. Oh, he's been alive for however long, thousand years. Um, and he's like, he's tired, and he's like maybe decaying, and he needs more and more and more blood to fight to like feed himself. So he's getting sloppy, and just like leaving, you know, these bodies with like throats torn open. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's how, like, one of the main uh, characters is a police detective who's investigating these L.A. Ripper murders. Oh. Um, and the the other main character is a journalist who's like starts doing a piece on Vladimir Tepish, just like a puff piece, like you would write about like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. But then like goes down this rabbit hole, and then he starts to like kind of pursue her. It becomes like a Bride of Dracula type of thing. Oh. Um, but so because he's dying, he's looking for ways to save himself. And he finds the journal of Victor Frankenstein, uh, leads to them like recovering the body of the Frankenstein monster from the Arctic where, you know, he frees, he's like off floating around on an ice thing <laughs> at the, at the end of the novel, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein oh, okay. that leaves him in the Arctic. So they recover the body of Frankenstein's monster. Uh, the Wolfman is involved because Dracula classically has the ability to control beasts. Mm-hmm. So he's almost like a, hostage of dracula like when he's a guy he's like a guy doesn't want to be involved in this but dracula controls the wolf man yeah and so it just it's just this like kind of uh noirish but like very hard hard take on all these characters interacting and oh i really like that actually Mm -hmm. speaking of dracula Mm -hmm. you have nick cage (laughs) his costume for dracula came out cannot Wait. You, you were talking about Dracula there, and I was like, well, "That's right. We have. We didn't even talk about fucking Nick Cage and his rings and his fucking fingernails, I'm so and the makeup excited. and the eyebrows and the. They are going for it. He is like he's doing Bella Lugosi, like classic Dracula that we like. Yeah. All like have in our uh, pop culture memory, but mixed with Elvis, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing like a red crushed velvet. Yeah. 
outfit, and uh, he's got these crazy rings on his fingers. Damn. That's so good. It's going to be wild. Um, I love that idea, too, of it being centered around Dracula. Your, your story. Because mm-hmm. I it makes sense for it to be focused on, well, here's the one everybody... We can pretty much confirm Dracula is like the main yeah. monster guy, right? Yeah. That's where it starts. Yeah. And so it's cool to have him be the focus on how we bring everybody else in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he would be like... You know, the main characters are the main characters, but he's like the primary antagonist. Exactly. And then there'd be a whole thing where like the Frankenstein monster gets... Re- revived mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to be like he does he's not a villain no like, he doesn't want to be involved in this uh there's a great fight between uh the wolfman and the frankenstein monster mm. uh there's a terminator scene i call it it's my favorite scene in the original terminator is when he comes into the police station mm-hmm. um and uh, just wrecks shop trying to get to sarah connor oh yeah um so there's a scene like that where the two main characters, like the detective brings her to the police station. And at this point, like Dracula's after her because she knows too much. Yeah. Um, and he like dispatches the Wolfman basically. So they're at the oh. police station and it's just like a normal scene. And then the Wolfman just like fucking jumps through the front window and it's just a fucking massacre. And there's cops like unloading on him, but he's like the Wolfman in the classical sense. You have to use a silver bullet. So they're just like blowing him away and he's just like fine. He's still coming at them. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, throwing dudes around and, like, ripping limbs off. Gotta go all in. Yeah, and they're, like, trying to get away through the chaos. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Damn. Seriously. They need to hit us up. We have too many good ideas over here. Yeah. House of Frankenstein. Get, it, get at me, Universal. <laughs> I will save your MonsterVerse. <laughs> it is dead right now. I think. Well, they made that well, cool Invisible that. Man movie. Um, it's not dead. It's just... It's taken. Dormant. And then there's a few years where, like, nothing, everything was kind of paused because of COVID. So we'll yep. see. Yep. We'll see what they do. They still have directors for everything. I think mm-hmm. all the monsters actually have directors tied to them still. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. Um, well, this was fun. Do mm-hmm. you have anything else to add before we say goodbye? No, not really. I don't think so either. Yeah. No, this was great. Yeah, I had fun. Yeah. We'll have to do this again, except yeah. for different things. I could do this forever. Oh, my God. Maybe <laughs> the next one we'll have to, I'll have to start thinking what next ones we can do. Yeah, just give me prompts. <laughs> Give me prompts and I'll bring you. <laughs> It'd be really fun to see if we could tackle the, because uh, it's been so long now, like mm-hmm. the generic action heroes, like Rambo, Terminator. Oh, wow. Like kind of go into like the generic those guys uh-huh. and see who we could like, how to change that. Because we've talked about Terminator before uh-huh. and like kind of how you modernize that. But like looking at modernizing Rambo would be very interesting too. Uh-huh. But okay. that's kind of something that's on my head now. See how deep we can go into that. Got it. Okay. <laughs> See how many characters we can get out of it, too? Yeah, Besides me, just Terminator Rambo. Let me think about it. I, it'd be interesting to me. Yeah, but no, absolutely. I love those movies. Me, too. And they're just so mm-hmm. perfectly dated now, or it'd be kind of fun to yeah. flip them. I'm trying to think who else. Commando. Oh, God. <laughs> I, would do, I would do Commando. Commando. Another adventure with John Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where he carries logs on his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I love Commando. It's so great. All right. That's maybe what we'll do next time then. Cool. Okay. Well, then, goodbye for now. Bye.